everyone and welcome to the Bavarian Podcast Works post-game show. This is I Need No Name and today we will be reviewing Bayern Munich's 4-0 win over Benfica in the Champions League group stages. This is an important win for us and I'm pretty sure we saved Barca fans some blushes because winning this game means that Bayern we go to 9 points out of 9 and Barcelona they still have a chance of qualifying for the round of 16 because they were really hoping that we beat Benfica today. I'll tell you that. So this game, the scoreline, it is a little bit, you know, misleading because I think Benfica had a lot of good chances and Bayern were not really that threatening until around the 65th minute. And I will explain why in a moment, but we should give the credit to Benfica. It was a lot closer than it looked and they did play really well in front of their home crowd at their Stadio Toulouse. We did play against these um, guys before. We have played them recently and... It is always a very difficult match against Benfica in Portugal. And I think Nagelsmann will have enjoyed the competition from Benfica, even though he was not there to experience it himself. So anyway, let's talk about the match. And the interesting part of the match starts right from the lineup. So you had what most people accepted, which was Robert Lewandowski and Thomas Muller up top. And people expected the 4-2-3-1. But instead, we saw Kingsley Coman and Leroy Sané on the left. And no one on the right. And while Marcel Zabitzer came in for Leon Goretzka and Joshua Kimmich was there next to him, you had no, uh, you had no one on the right. So it was like Pavard was the only right wing back. And then there was a back three with Lucas Onandes, Diet Upamecano, and Nicolas Zula at the back, and Manuel Norengol. So a back three, a strange um, double left wing back or double left wing formation plus no one on the right so if an Italian played this I would call it a zona mista but I'm not an Italian so and neither is Nagelsmann so I won't call it that it's just a weird lopsided formation that we kind of seen before when we played against Kreuter first in a couple of weeks back I think that was the game where Pavard got the red card I think anyway so this is something we've seen before but today it was without Alfonso Davies which made it a little less effective than I would have hoped Kingsley Coman, he was starting on the left, wider left, and Sané was more occupying the left half space. Thomas Muller kind of dropped back a little. He was occasionally moving into Lewandowski's spot, supporting Lewandowski, or moving into the right half space, while Marcel Zabitzer was right behind him, while Joshua Kimmich basically occupied the middle of the uh, field all by himself. That's how the shape looked, more or less, and Benjamin Pavard I'll get to him, but Benjamin Pavard was wide right and he was very high up the pitch, higher than we've ever seen him before. And I think his game really suffered for it. You really could sense that Pavard did not know what he was supposed to do in that role he was given. So the game proceeded more or less as a back and forth. I think the commentators said it best that whenever Bayern seemed to have Benfica on the ropes, Benfica seemed to respond and really push Bayern back. And that's something that Bayern Leverkusen really failed to do in the game on Sunday. That when Bayern had Leverkusen on the ropes, Leverkusen capitulated. Whereas Benfica always managed to push Bayern back. That being said, in the 69th minute, we got our breakthrough. A breakthrough not from open play, mind you. Leroy Sané scored a wonderful, wonderful free kick goal and... That was just where the floodgates opened, I would say, because from there on, it was just a few minutes later, um, Serge Gnabry first forced an own goal from a Benfica player called Everton. Uh, not the football club Everton, an actual player named Everton. And the other goal was Sané basically gifting 
one to Robert Lewandowski. That was very nice to see because Lewandowski needs a goal to continue on his Ballon d'Or charge against Leo Messi. And the final goal was again Leroy Sané being amazing. And I think even though UEFA awarded Kingsley Coman the man of the match, I think Leroy Sané deserved it because he was so good. So let's talk about some of the individual performances. And I guess I should start with Leroy Sané because Sané, you know, Nagelsmann is a genius. And the thing that he's done with Sané this year is nothing short of incredible. Like I keep seeing people in the comment section say that this is 18-19 Sané all over again. This is Man City Sané. No, it isn't. It's not Man City Sané. Man City Sané was never this good. Man City Sané was never this complete. Man City Sané, he would dribble past players. He could do one-twos. He could do that stuff. This current Sané, he's a playmaker. He can dribble. He can defend. He can press. He can do free kicks. He can do basically anything. Like, this is a complete package right now. Um, It's just incredible to see how he's... Nagelsmann has managed this. And he's basically converted Sané from a true winger on the left into more of a half-space playmaker. And I have no idea how... He even thought of this or even thought to do this because this is totally different from what any coach has done with Sané before and it works so well. Like Sané is basically a left, kind of a left-sided Thomas Muller, more technical but less, um, you know, less positionally gifted. But I guess that benefits Bayern. And today you could sense that Thomas Muller was a little less involved simply because Sané was so dominant on his side. A lot of the play went through him and it didn't get a chance to really reach Muller on the other side. Even so, Muller could have had a goal it was ruled out due to a Kingsley Coman offside and you know it was a little bit close that offside but I think Muller also played well not 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 much to write home about for him today but he played well Lewandowski he got his goal he was really having a tough time today against Ottomendi and Vertonghen I think Jorge Jesus he told uh, his defenders to really go after Lewandowski don't worry about being physical just make sure um, he knows you're there and that's what they did Otamendi especially he was so annoying to play against I think he should have been sent off at least twice given the fouls that he made but the ref was really lenient on Benfica sometimes and he just lapped up every single die Benfica made so it was really annoying in my opinion to play against Benfica today Lewandowski he got a few bruises he will be sore in the morning because playing against those two centre-backs, he had basically no support. Even with Thomas Muller there, Lewandowski was often between two centre-backs. He was often so sandwiched together that he just couldn't do anything. And I would say that Lewandowski had... The fact that Lewandowski even scored is a pretty, pretty great achievement for him. It's not like how RB Leipzig left Leo Messi completely open to score two goals. You know? Um, Ballon d'Or propaganda, anyone? Anyway, so... I think that that covers the attack mostly. Oh yeah, wait. Uh, I forgot about Kingsley Coman, and I shouldn't do that because Coman. It's interesting. He had a really good time on the left hand side, but he didn't come out of the game with a goal or an assist. This was his first start since his heart, you know, heart problems that kept him out of the last few weeks. And I think that Coman, he was good today. He really showed off his pace. But same old, same old. He still has his problems with his final ball, and that's just not going away. And that um. You know, maybe it'll get better, just like how Gnabry and Sané got better. Maybe Coman will get better. But given how we are currently linked with Karim Adiemi, and it looks very close, like it looks like we could really get him. 
if we can sell Coman for a good price, I would say 30 to 40 million and then buy Adyemi. I think that's an upgrade at this point. I think it wouldn't matter to us if we could manage that. So that aside, let's talk about someone else who we really need to talk about, who is Marcel Zabitzer. Marcel Zabitzer got his first ever start for Bayern Munich today. That that took a while, didn't it? Because we thought he would get a start long before that. But anyway, Zabitzer got a start and only because Goretzka was um, sidelined due to a cold. So who knows if Sabitzer would have started if not for that. So Sabitzer, he started and I would say that I'm kind of lukewarm on that performance. In fact, I would say that I'm disappointed. I think Sabitzer, he had some decent passes, some decent moves, but no real impact on the game, to be honest, like compared to Goretzka. And we have to compare him to Goretzka because that's who he's competing with the spot for. Compared to Goretzka, he wasn't that good. And... um. Am I mistaken in saying that we all expected a little bit more from him by now? Like, he's been here for a while, he and he hasn't been injured, so I thought that Nagelsmann would have gotten something more out of him. He was much better than this at RB Leipzig. Or were we just fooled by all the highlights? I mean, come on, he it, it's the same coach, so it can't be that. Maybe it's a system or something, because Zabitzer does not look as good as he did at RB Leipzig, and that's a concern at the moment. We didn't buy him for too much money, that's a good thing, but we bought him as a player who can contribute right now, and given the state of our midfield depth, I know Quarantine Taliso managed to play today, but even so, given the state of our midfield depth, and Mark Roca and Quarantine, sorry, Mikhail Cuisons, both of them basically banished to the Shadow Realm or whatever, we need Zabitzer to perform, and he's not really doing that, and I get that Kimmich and Goretzka are some of the best midfielders in the world, but Zabitzer is at Bayern Munich now, he needs to be performing at that level if he wants to be starting games, and I hope that Lothar Mateus is... Um, Prediction doesn't come true that Zabitzer isn't a qualified player for Bayern because that would be quite devastating for us, especially since he was one of the players that Nagelsmann lobbied very intensely to get. And I think we lost a little bit of respect by buying another player from RB Leipzig this season just after getting Upamecano and their manager, you know? So the other guy we have to talk about, because Kimmich was sublime again, so I can't say anything bad about him. The other guy we have to talk about is Benjamin Pavard. And I'm getting a lot of hate in the comment section of Bavarian Football Works. You can just check it out for saying that Benjamin Pavard is not good enough for Bayern Munich, but I'll just say it again for everyone else. Benjamin Pavard is not good enough for Bayern Munich. He is not playing good enough. He should not be playing right now. His outing at right wing back was disastrous. It was terrible. He did not defend. He was just leaving Sewell out to dry and he did not attack. Every time the ball reached him, he would either pass it sideways or he would pass it backwards. The most he ever did was maybe two crosses in the first half and then in the 65th minute he's got subbed off for Gnabry and as soon as Gnabry came on the entire complexion of the game changed instead of having to solely attack down from one side Bayern were able to switch the flanks easily and you know Benfica got torn open I think that if Alfonso Davies had been playing it would have been easier for us to really rip them apart because he could Nagelsmann could have gone with a more standard 4-2-3-1 formation with wingers on both sides but today with that zero threat from Pavard on the left I mean, sorry, the right on Benfica's left. They could really focus on the wingers on Bayern's left-hand side and could really leave the right-hand side alone. And the asymmetrical formation really did not work. This is the problem with Pavard. He does not attack, okay? He is, like, I will see people saying, okay, he just tries a lot, but he doesn't He doesn't do the things right. He doesn't get, he's not positioned aggressively enough. Even when he's positioned in the right places, he gets the ball and then he hesitates and then he 
face the ball back. He's always playing the ball back or square. He only occasionally is positioned well enough to make a cross. And even then, his crosses aren't, you know, bullet crosses. They're slow, floaty crosses that can sometimes reach the head of someone. I know he has an assist this season from one of those same crosses. But, you know, this is not something that you can rely on. Compare that to Nikla Zula, who regularly takes takes defenders on. He can go up the pitch. He's always aggressively positioned to either force turnovers or for, and pass the ball forward into Thomas Muller or Robert Lewandowski. Pavard doesn't do any of that. And that's the problem with Benjamin Pavard, that he's constantly making bind play backwards when he's getting the ball. Pavard, I get that he's limited. I get that he's a centre-back turn, right-back turn, right-wing-back. But he can't keep making these excuses for him. He's at Bayern Munich now. We did not buy him for a cheap amount of money. He, we bought him as a World Cup winner, as a ready-made defender from Stuttgart for 35 million euros, okay? He's one of the most expensive defenders on this squad, and we need to be demanding more out of his performances. We saw Kingsley Coman and Leroy Sané play on the left today. They were playing there without a defender, and did we see any defensive problems on the left? No, we did not. When we see these attackers, they can do so much when they're defending, or when we see someone like Alfonso Davies who can attack as well as defend. When we see someone like Lucas who can dribble up the pitch or Niklas Sula who can, you know, dribble up, attack, head the ball, Upamecano who got a brilliant assist against Leverkusen by going up the pitch or who can he can dribble up the pitch regularly. These things, when you see that, you just can't accept Pavard's limitations. It's so, so damaging to the team when he plays like this. And... I just don't accept the fact that people keep saying, okay, he's he's this, he's that, he shouldn't be doing this. But, like, we need him to. It's not a matter of he should or should not. There is a quintessential need, and these are positions he has been playing, and he should be able to play, because it's, like, you can't have a Bayern right-back who just does nothing but defend. When Which top team has a right-back that way? Man City, they have Walker and Cancelo, you know. Um, you have teams like... Real Madrid with Carvajal and you have I I can't even go through all of this you have Serginio Dest at Barcelona Serginio Dest who may not be as good as we were sold on but he has been decent under a really terrible coach like Coman and meanwhile Pavard has all this amazing coaching talent get trying to get the best out of him and he just isn't able to deliver and I think that Stanisic really needs to be getting more minutes right now like Stanisic came on and he instantly got an assist and I think that's a uh, sign that Stanisic is much more aggressive. He doesn't have Pavard's raw pace or physicality or experience. He really lacks a lot. But I think Stanisic is a real underdog story in this. And Pavard should stop being treated like an underdog by Bayern Munich fans. He needs to be treated with the strictness that he deserves. I think if any other Bayern player were being were playing like this, they would get a lot, a lot more criticism than Pavard is getting. I think Pavard gets a lot of criticism deflected because he comes across as a kind of underdog player. You know, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe you might think differently, but I don't like how Pavard plays and I don't like how arrogant he was in his recent interviews where he said, I think the France, the French people should watch me play for Bayern because they don't watch me play and therefore they don't rate me. Like, come on, mate. You... The way you play for Bayern, if the French people watched you, they wouldn't like you either. So, yeah, I know I'm being harsh a little bit, but I think harshness is justified. And that's all I have to say about 
the starting 11, the subs, the subs were good. I think Gnabry coming on changed the game, of course, you know, getting Benjamin Pavard off. And the other thing is that, oh yeah, Pavard, I will mention this, Pavard did hit the crossbar and that was a good strike. But even so, doesn't change the fact that his performance was poor overall. Yeah, anyway, so... Other than that, the substitutions, you had Muziala come on, and I don't like seeing Muziala constantly come on as a sub, because I think he's wasted as a sub. He should have come on earlier or just started the game outright. And the other thing uh, that I want to say is Stanisic coming on, always great. Omar Richards is coming on regularly now. I think Nagelsmann is starting to trust him a little bit more. That's a good thing to see. We, we will need someone like Omar to get into form someday if Lucas ends up going to prison. And that's all I have to say for today. I think it was a good performance by Bayern in the end, especially since we got the clean sheet. Manuel Neuer was so good to earn that clean sheet. He really fought for it. And it's good to see that we haven't scored. I mean, we haven't conceded a goal in the Champions League yet. Nine out of nine points. That's great. And that's all I have to say for today. So as always, like, share, subscribe, do whatever you want. We are on every single podcasting platform that you can think of. Apple, Google, Spotify, whatever. Um, be sure to check out our match observation as our match awards and you know just sign up on our community and join the blog and comment we'd love to hear from you thank you and good night